no chance. everybody episode 66 of the no chance podcast as always your hosts ryan and nate i want to provide a quick disclaimer first and foremost man the weather has really gotten to your boys we are both low-key kind of sick right now at least yeah. I'll, I'll say so for myself we're drinking uh hot tea to uh warm up the the vocal cords and yes we're sort of going at this um sort of freestyling it today so uh, I appreciate you guys joining us for today's episode, man. Episode sixty-six. It's not only an important one because we've, you know, we've been doing this for over a year, but it's it's fucking important because it's like the first episode of the holiday season. Yes. Like to, it is. Uh, I think today is the I don't know first week of December. I know a lot of people are feeling. It's like this weird, weird calm before the storm prior to the holiday season oh, i'm for sure stressed already i don't know about you but i've always had bad experiences like like with the weeks leading up to to like the christmas like christmas eve time i don't know what it is but it's always like this dark period for me leading up to those days i remember one time it was, uh, this was like four or five years ago i think on uh, the night before christmas eve december 23rd and all through the night <laughs> i uh i went to an atm to deposit like my paycheck right and then i woke up the next morning and someone had used like a fake card and they like withdrew all the money in my bank account no yeah. way my bank account was like negative like that's two, a real story yeah my bank account was like negative like two thousand dollars on christmas shit. eve and i was like jesus fucking christ like, how long ago was this this was in 2014 so like almost like four years ago i think holy crap yeah what a fucking bummer yeah oh my god and then like of course the bank was closed on christmas christmas eve so i had to wait like a week and a half to get my money back dude yeah it was bad i mean i feel like with banks they always have that sort of insurance policy that kind of plays into the you know whole credit card scamming like yeah. fraud thing so thank god for the banks man thank god you don't have like some like shitty ass credit union or or something like that god damn that that must have been such a bummer yeah, I was gonna tell my story about how my like ex ex girlfriend like broke up with me like closer to Christmas, but Jeez. I feel like yours is a little bit worse. <laughs> I'd much be. I mean, I got my money back. I mean, yeah, I had to get my girl back. <laughs> I'd much rather be out of two thousand dollars. And uh, but anyways, um, we're gonna talk about a couple of things this episode, man. Like, you know, we just had our our, our big event a couple weeks. I'd say it was about two weeks ago. Two coming up on two on weeks Black ago. Friday, yeah. yeah, about two weeks ago. Um, and man, like just like a, a huge thanks to everybody that came out. Like I, I can't be more grateful enough to the people that decided to come and celebrate this thing with us. And, and kind of what I wanted to talk about in the beginning of this episode is, is, you know, adapting as a brand is fucking weird. Yeah. You know, like having the, uh, the initial idea of, you know, starting a podcast is one thing, right? I remember we used to talk about this in the early days of recording. It's, we get two mics take some topics and we shoot the shit right like super simple stuff but now when we start to think about okay how do we advertise and how do we market ourselves and you know how do we become relevant how do we become you know social media mavens and do all these things and how do we prom like basically promote ourselves to get to the point where we want to be and sort of putting all that into perspective and and now looking at like throwing an actual event and paying you know performers and renting out a venue like 
It just gets way more complicated. Yeah, man. for sure. It gets way more complicated. I remember we used to stress out about having to set up like audio and video equipment for like three hours. I wish I could go back to those times yeah. where it was, it that was like simple. a lot simpler. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, and so me and Nate have been talking and just about, you know, how things start are starting to manifest into kind of where we want to be, you know, slow and steady wins the race in our case. And we're not, you know, overnight social media, like celebrities. Yeah. I mean, a year is, that's nothing in the grand scheme of things, oh, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, like in retrospect, looking back to like, like around maybe like later, maybe like past, maybe around this time, actually, when we had our, our little studio that we used to work out of and it used to rain and we'd be there for like five hours. And some random dude used to sleep in there. Sleep in our studio and, and we'd have to kick him out. And he'd be all musty because he was probably all sweaty <laughs> and shit while he was sleeping. It was probably a second home. Yeah. Like thinking about those times, man, it feels like it was like ages ago. Forever ago. And it's so weird to think that we're in the position that we're now to be able to not only record from the convenience of our own places, but also have the creative control to do like other shit now or, or yeah. have a platform to, to represent other creative people also. And the payout just started out as something that I think that the first one that we ever did was when we were in New York. Yeah. That was the first time we ever did that, what was called like the payout. That was like almost exactly a year ago, I think. Yeah. It was like a 15 minute little rant about some social media story that we decided to cover. I remember you were like low key, like asleep or something. No, I was for sure asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just talking. And, and now to think that something like that turns into what is now our monthly party, it's, it's crazy how things manifest. And we have a ton of ideas coming down the pipeline of what we want to do and who we want to be. But the question is, is who are we becoming? You know what I mean? Not in the sense of like, we're not ourselves because we're always going to remain true to ourselves and what we do, but are we just a podcast anymore? Yeah. Like what is the natural progression for like us as whatever you want to call it, a brand, a exactly. label, whatever. Yeah. And like, people like people tend to start out as like entertainers, right? They're, I'm a comedian. Then I become a, an actor and then I become um, a superstar. Right? And then I'm like, also like, heavy on social media yeah like, exactly yeah. i don't know too many people that start off with the podcast and then become something larger or at least it's never been something that i've seen before i think podcasting is still relatively new to a lot of people i yeah. mean granted podcasting has been around for i don't know years and years a really long time yeah but i think some people are still kind of catching on to what podcasting is so we don't see that natural progression from being a podcaster to this or that. You yeah, know? exactly. Like you can, you can see how podcasting elevates those who were like semi-famous prior to like the Joe Rogan experience yeah. is like taking basically somebody who is not really anybody except for a, a TV show host for the fear factor and turned them into this, like the biggest dude in podcasting ever, or like even one of the biggest like personalities ever. Yeah. And to think that that's what podcasting can do, like it just goes to show that the platform that we're in is still very like, uh, as you said, like it's not necessarily there yet for yeah. people to understand. Like think about YouTube, like maybe 10 years ago, there were no huge YouTube personalities, but now, you know, you scroll down like the top 10, whatever videos on YouTube and you just click on a profile and it's like, okay, this person has a million fucking people following yeah. them. Like it's crazy. Yeah. You know? I feel like w with YouTube, like, 
subscribers, like a million subscribers seems like one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Any, like any way sort of fashion, like that seems impossible. Like you can click follow on Instagram. That's nothing. But like to subscribe to somebody and like follow their videos and have a million people do that. You got to be really doing some cool shit. Yeah. And like that that takes dedication, you know, like, you you know, like you can, it's easy on Instagram because it's not that time consuming. Like when you're viewing pictures, like, okay, I like this. I don't like that. So easy. But if you, if you're subscribing to somebody and watching like 20, 10 minute plus videos, like that means, you know. That imagine means you're doing the, something. Imagine the pressure for that person, that YouTube, that YouTuber, to be like, okay, I have to put out content every single day because a million people are are like relying on me to entertain them. Yeah. That's so much fucking pressure. Yeah. We only have to do this once a week. Yes. <laughs> but why can't why can't it be as easy as something like Vine or like Snapchat? You know what I mean? Like those people blew up quick as hell yeah and look where some of them are at now like some of them are legit legit actors, actors. Yeah. some of the biggest like um in the world at, at this point so it just begs the question of you know like i remember we used to talk and we would always have doubts on you know is this podcast gonna take us to where we want to be and thinking about it, like a year like obviously in the moment it's like fuck like i don't know like it's a it hasn't done anything at, at yeah. back then. It's like, God, it hasn't done anything. But to see like what it's been able to do for us now makes me want to do another year, four or five years of whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah. Because then it kind of begs the question like, okay, that was one year. And you know, depending on how you look at it, we kind of did a lot. Like we <laughs> in a year, in yeah. a year. Yeah. And it just kind of, like I was saying, it begs the question, what's the next you're going to look like what's the next four years, five years going to look like, you know, if we keep at this, what is the next step for a podcast group or podcast duo group? It's technically three people if we want to be specific, but what does a podcast group do when they no longer are just a podcast? What do you call us when you don't want to approach us and be like, Oh, you guys are no chance podcast. It's like, we want to be more than that. You know what I mean? Like we talked about in, Actually, this phrase needs to die. You know, we talked about this in past episodes. <laughs> that phrase itself, I got to stop saying. I've been catching myself listening to these episodes saying like, oh, in a recent episode, in a recent episode, like, let's talk about the present. Yeah. Let's talk about the future. And also, we're going to try to avoid in this entire episode to not talk about the brand with the red box logo. And I'm not even going to say their name, but... That's also something that I've been paying attention to a lot lately. But it, it's a good question, you know? Like, we want to throw events. We want to have a radio show. We want to have a clothing line. Um, we want to have our own, like, almost like own, our own TV show. Like, a YouTube yeah. channel TV show. Like, these are all things that we're thinking about, you guys. Like, you don't have to be in our comments telling us you need to get back to the YouTube shit. We know it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> we know it was cool. And, like, even... I, I It's so weird to think that just setting up a camera and recording ourselves and uh, talking about shit like it is the shittiest quality yeah <laughs> and having people think that that's cool you know that for the five or so weeks that we did yeah. that and the comments that we got it was well worth it yeah like the, the hours of preparation and hot lights pointing at us it was definitely worth the time that we put into that and it was the 
it was a different approach of what we were doing, right? Like, obviously, talking on a podcast is all, it's all audible. Like, you have to pay attention. You have to listen. You can't miss something. With the video, it's, and this goes to show, like, if you're a visual learner or an, an audible learner, but you get to see who we are. You get to see what we're talking about. You get to see our mannerisms, et cetera. You get to see how Nate says at, at the, the end, at the of, the end day. of the day. <laughs> you get to at see the, the little the, the little hesitate and the, the little twitch. Like that's some entertaining shit. And that's something that we're gonna do. Like, and I guess this is more of um an update. Yeah, a little right? status like a update. Where we're at. Status update. Um, we do have have our next event coming later on this month. We'll promote that at another time. Uh, but I'm so fucking excited that we get to do this on a monthly basis now. Yeah. Like, and it, and even if it it's not as a big of a turnout, which it's not gonna be. It's gonna be an even bigger turnout. You know, you gotta okay, manifest. You, 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 you gotta you gotta manifest things. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta put it into existence. But even if it doesn't, it's still gonna be fun because it's something that we created. We something that we get to sit back and just enjoy, even though we're kind of working yeah. at the same time. I'm gonna time. try to be less drunk this time. Yeah. <laughs> the first one's always the best one. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it, a lot of this it, this episode is really sort of figuring out, like, what the fuck is going on in our world? Yeah. You know, like, it's a it's a it's a turning point The the end of the, the year is always that point of like analyzing, like, what have you done the past year? Every, everywhere on social media is like, OK, OK, Twitter, tell me what you did that you're proud of this year. Yeah. And it's like, what did I do? this Or it's year? like there's you know, 27 days left in the year. Like, what are you going to do with that 27 exactly, days? Exactly, right? You know, and, like that. And I was I, I was up really late last night. I've been having a lot of, uh, like, I don't know if it's called insomnia, but I think that's what it's called. I think my, my sleeping routine has turned into, like, if three days in a row I go to sleep at, like, 3 or 4 a.m., then that's my routine now. You know what I mean? Like, every night it's going to be 3 or 4 a.m. But every night I'm just, like, if I'm not designing something or if I'm not working on the podcast, I'm just thinking like, okay, like, like what have I done? But like, if you really put things into perspective and we look at, uh, uh, look at all the episodes we recorded, all of the hours we put into those and all like the crazy conversations and stories we've had with guests on the episodes, like it helps me sleep at night (laughs) to be honest. And it's a, it's a huge, pat on the back to ourselves because like at the end of the day guys you got to remember like we're just two dudes who started to just do something you know like we got behind the mic we started talking about something that we thought was a void that needed to be filled and now look 66 episodes later yeah it's fucking one of the top menswear podcasts in the world yeah i mean shout out to uprocks for that compliment um but let's get into some semi streetwear shit because the holiday season obviously is a huge shopping season. But one of the things that I was thinking about is why are there so many random ass collaborations around the holiday season? Now, put the business cap on, you start to think, okay, brands are brands and it's a business. They have to reach their bottom line, meaning if sales throughout, you know, eight months of the year, not counting Black Friday, they didn't do so well. How do they come back from that in the busiest shopping season of the year? Yeah, I think you're right. Like a lot of brands kind of push collaborations around this time of year. One, because, you know, of course, like as a company, you want to end the year on a strong note. And two, collaborations are 
more commercial, meaning that a lot more people are going to pay attention to stuff like that as opposed to like, you know, your standard GR shit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like you're starting to see a lot more of it now in the case of I just saw a, a bape in Wreck-It Ralph like to to subsidize for the movie that just came out. Like these are the types of things that obviously everyone is shopping for their significant other, their best friend, whatever. And the options are endless. But if they if brands just start to release like shit that people like they think people will like, then shit, why not? What's it to them to not just make a couple extra bucks off of a random ass collaboration or just putting more product out there? I don't think really hurts for them, at least. Exactly. And I mean, like collaborations aside, like I was saying, brands always have like a really strong push during the holiday season. One, because it's probably the time of the year where we spend the most money facts um and there's a lot of i'm not there's a lot of like if you think about a lot of special drops like of course the most notable one like jordan brand does like every year jordan 11 like every december you know that's a that's a really peculiar peculiar one to me because so this year if those who don't know um they're releasing the the conquered 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 uh air jordan 11s and they're going to be releasing at, I think, the most that they've ever released during the holiday season, which is estimated to be about a million pairs. Crazy. Jesus Christ. Like, on average, what it's been years prior to, and we've worked at Nike and we've seen stock counts, it's maybe been in the hundreds of thousands, maybe like 200, 300,000 around holiday season, which is a lot. It's a lot. But to think about where we are in this day and age, right? Like, obviously, Everybody wants a Jordan 11. I don't care. Like sometimes I'll go into Nike and especially if they're just going to be sitting there, I may buy a pair just for the hell of it. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those shoes that you just look at and you're like, damn, like I feel like I need that. For no reason at all. For no reason whatsoever because not only is it because everyone else is buying it, but because it's, you've we both had experiences with that shoe back in the day where we've tried or... Um, or really wanted it because of you know how how uh, popular it was and just never ever getting it. I like, think about it; it comes out every year. How many L's have we taken for that shoe <laughs> in like the past eight nine years? You know, and for Nike to take advantage of of that moment, it it really speaks to this idea of fuck it. We need to make money. Put as many out there as possible. <laughs> Let's make it. Put out every trash collaboration. Um, as possible, but it also brings upon some good ones. I'm yeah. not gonna lie, brings it brings upon some good collaborations. I'm really excited about the um, Nike and Stussy collaboration. Yes, that's a really really hard hitting collaboration. I like I like stories behind my collaborations. Of course, right? of course. So who de- who designed that one? I think it was. Um, I think they had like a like Lance Mountain Lance Ma- Lance, Lance Mountain, Mountain yeah. model them a professional skateboarder. And he shows how like skaters utilized um, like their own personal customization within like their skate shoes. Yeah. So he kind of shows like the blazer as it comes and it comes with like this really cool uh, leopard stencil. So you can like put the stencil on your shoe and spray it with spray paint. And now you have your own like spray painted leopard custom shoe, which I think is really cool. But what I'm trying to get to here is basically that these collaborations and with brands sort of hitting their bottom line of we need to make a profit, we need to hit that end of the year goal is really thinking about, you know, during this time, 
does it have to be so saturated with shit? Like, why can't they just figure out like a hot item like that Jordan 11 and just drop it in a larger quantity? Why does it have to be this spread out thing of this collaboration of this trash shoe model, um, (laughs) this collection, you know what I mean? Like why the sort of spreading yourself thin for a lot of these brands? Because they're trying to cover every basis. Collaboration with this influencer, hot shoe of the month, um, trash collection. Like it's, it's, it's covering everything at this point. I mean, I think it just has to do with, like you said, kind of answer your question, like covering all the bases. I think, to a larger company, like let's say, let's take Nike or Adidas for instance, it's like they know their shit's gonna sell regardless, so why not put out, you know, a collaboration after collaboration? That's facts. Like, you know, having that sort of commercial mindset and thinking, you know, like our shit's gonna sell. Let's just maximize how much money we're gonna fucking make. No, know? that's true. And and a good example of that is like one of our local shops in in Berkeley, California, named called Bows and Arrows. It's like a very a premium boutique uh, streetwear sportswear store. And they just did a collaboration. I think it's one of their first collaborations with uh, with Vans, where they had their own shoe design for their store, releasing, I think, only at their store, which begs the question of, like, Vans Vault is, is, a, is a big authorized, like, uh, stockist, right? They release all the syndicates, all the uh, dub taps, all the, the Takahayashis, like all of those, right? They're responsible for, for the distribution of those. And them doing a collaboration with a big store, which is probably one of their best like authorized retailers. At least in the area. In the yeah. area, like within Northern California. It makes me think like, is this another push to not only reach that business bottom line for Van's vault in this case, but also to provide exposure to maybe the the retailers that either aren't doing so well or maybe they want to be a little bit more popular. Because obviously if they get a really hyped up shoe, it also um, it also kind of makes them the like the central location to buy other shoes just like that if if you know what i mean yeah i think it's more so about that i think it's more so about vans vault and vans's company in general kind of solidifying their position in northern california and kind of using bows and arrows as kind of like the vehicle for that yeah that's a good that's a good way to look at it because a lot of companies do that right if you guys want to sell this is when 350s are huge yeah if you want to sell 350s you have to sell these like you have to push these trash adidas out if you guys get these or like you sell down on these ones okay we'll make you one of the central locations for the 350 yeezy boost yeah just like how any account works even like your you know like your local adidas or nike store like they a lot of the times they don't just get shit like yeah if that store isn't selling like if you take like an adidas store or nike store and fucking i don't know fucking wisconsin i'm sorry that's a good yeah yeah. (laughs) you know what i'm saying like Are they going to get all the hottest releases? Probably not because they don't sell through. They're not like one of the central locations for whatever it is, like selling off-white sneakers. Or whatever. You and know imagine, what imagine a store. Imagine like these like premium boutique stores that only sold the hot shit. Once it sells out, what else do they have to sell? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of crazy how, especially around the holiday time, that 
a lot of these brands, and when I say brands, I mean like the the larger uh, stockist companies, is like, hey, like the the carrots dangling in front of you. If you want, you know, your own shoe, you guys have to push the rest of this crap or whatever. Yeah. Or if you guys want to have the next release, then you guys gotta sell these random Air Maxes. I don't know, but it's crazy that they're in that position to sort of like dictate how these stores act and also at the same time sort of it's like a a split benefit like okay like we give you all the product but you guys got to push this agenda but at the same time we'll push your store and you know bring you guys up as well exactly i think it's definitely mutually beneficial for stores to do collaborations with different brands like for instance if you look at brands if you look at you know, collaborations from the past years like Pada and Nike, mm. like completely changed the Air Max One game. You know, oh, like one of the yeah. most like legendary collaborations as far as like Air Max Ones yeah, go. You know, for sure. And that just kind of elevated Pada's status as like a streetwear kind of sneaker location. You know, and no, now that's a good point. And yeah. now they've expanded to like location, like several different locations. You know, so yeah. And I think like to your point, it's it's one thing for the brand to like hold them up on this pedestal and be like, hey, like. It doesn't really matter about who your company is, because obviously at the at the time nobody really knew who who Pata was, and then they make this collaboration. That limited quality of it just brings it up even more. Now they're you know on this pedestal of like one of the top streetwear brands there is streetwear stores, yeah, at, at least. But it, it's 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 really funny to think that that some of these brands like can get to that status just through a collaboration, you know, like like a concepts. Concepts does all these amazing collaborations with like New Balance and Ciccone and Puma. And um, and nowadays, like some of those are some of the most like highly coveted models there are. Like Kith is that, that exact same thing, right? Like even though Ronnie, Ronnie Feig is like the, the mastermind behind it, but using that store as a vehicle, as you say, to push a lot of these shoes is like what makes them so good. Yeah, and I think... You know, if we're talking about Kith and places like Concepts, I think that a lot of the times they make products that may be undesirable to the average consumer. Like, for instance, like you and I, we both, we don't own New Balance shoes. We're not we don't, wearing we don't wear Puma Asics. disc blaze. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we're not wearing Asics, no. uh, Kayano, yeah. fucking three, Gel whatever. lights, yeah. whatever, no. Or like Reebok Instapump Furies. <laughs> oh, like, we're not no. wearing those, you know? But I think it's, it a collaboration can have the power to sort of elevate those silhouettes and make them desirable to, you know, a market that may have seen them as, you know, just another eh product. And I'm not going to lie, like that shoe, um, the like Kith Asics, like Volcanoes or Salmon Toes, like at the time, like I considered buying a yeah. pair on the, on the aftermarket just off of the strength of, you know, there's this, story behind it ronnie ronnie Fi, kith like there's a and sometimes collaborations can get the best of people you know what For i mean sure. like just hear that it's a collaboration could put you over the oh, edge you see that x between shit. two words exactly <laughs> that might as well be a dollar sign <laughs> it could deter you or it could make you take that leap of faith and yeah you know swipe that credit card but it really takes the brand to like when i say brand i mean like the these stores it really takes these boutique stores like after the dust is settled, after you get that amazing collaboration, right? Jeff Staple, Nike SB, biggest Nike SB release ever. You get that 
really okay now what do you do yeah right that's pressure that is some huge ass pressure because now you have to stay on par with what you release like within your store say like a lot of these shops they have their own their own merchandise right the kith has some of the best like store brand and merchandise on the market like it's by itself is like its own fashion line at yeah this point. i mean if we're comparing it to you know in-store brands like a concepts or bodega that have like their co- their kind of in-house streetwear line yeah. kith i mean like i'm not the hugest fan of their brand but you can't deny that they're they're killing it yeah. at least commercially with what they're doing you know of course yeah. and that's the platform that they have to create for themselves is like obviously the asics the new balances they they're almost bigger than the store itself. Yeah. So if you're getting all this light shed onto you, it's like, okay, we got to do something with it. We got to capitalize on it. Yeah. And I don't feel like a lot of brands end up doing that because they get the hyped up release, they get the collaboration, and then it's just like, okay, like back to chilling. You know what I mean? I feel like that happens a lot with a lot of stores. I think that's, I mean, circling back to what we talked about earlier, like in the beginning of the episode, it's kind of like almost where we're at right now, you know, like figuring out, what kind of space that we're in after doing something like for instance like in the podcast like okay we do a podcast what's what's the next step you know yeah. i think it kind of circle it kind of relates to all right we did a collaboration what's next for us like what you know what's on the horizon man like that that's a really good way of looking at it and like just for what we've done right like the podcast is one thing it's a, and it follows a, a particular tra- trajectory it's you have a podcast episode. All right, next one to elevate that you you bring on a guest to elevate that you you know you have multiple guests to elevate that you do a you know you get a, a an amazing interview from like one of your idols, right? You elevate from there, and next thing you know, your your podcast turns into a like a YouTube show, or you elevate from that, and it's a fucking show on HBO or some shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every step of the way is or following every step eventually gets you to something that you would have never even thought that you'd ever be doing right like imagine and we talked about this like all the time is like when is complex gonna you know just randomly dm us and say like hey we've been looking for you guys Uh, yeah we have a show for you or like you know like those types of things and then it's like okay what are we you know like and that's that's just gonna be the keep that's gonna constantly be the question for for however long because we're not a podcast group anymore. No, we're no. Not. We're, we're we, we, we outgrew that six yeah. months ago. Yeah, we outgrew that for sure. Um, can I ask you a quick, quick question? Sure, you, man. What the fuck is an Art Basel? Is that did I even pronounce that right? Yeah, you did. Art Basel, basil. Yeah, basil. Basil, basil is an herb. <laughs> spelled spelled wrong. All right, uh, but yeah, what is Art Basel? Because obviously, this weekend is Art Basel, but I've never understood what the fuck all the hubbub was about uh i mean to my know i mean to be fair i don't really know shit about Art Basel. um but to my knowledge it's sort of an exhibition uh held in like miami i don't know what else is it like miami's oh yeah miami hong kong yeah los angeles i don't know i know there's a hong kong and a miami but is it like miami's version of like a fashion week not necessarily. I think it's more like fine art focused. Like it's not necessarily about fashion, even though there are a lot. It's weird. There are actually a lot of like 
streetwear drops, streetwear centric things going on at Art Basel. Like, I think in the past years there've been like shoed releases, like by oh, Jordan yeah. Brand, like yeah, things yeah. like that. They have very like particular releases, especially Jordan Brand. Some of the best ones last year was um, the they had redone the classic Air Force One linen for Miami Art Basel like yeah. with the black with like the beige and the pink like that was supposed to be like a big one um yeah I, I feel like they did the Jordan one did did uh it wasn't the Laylee Mays it was a different one I think they're doing a Jordan one this year too really? it's like I think it's orange and black or something. I don't know I don't know it's like a shattered backboard it's kind of like a shattered backboard yeah. colorway yeah Oh, that's what I think they did. I think they did the... Was that past year? Not the shattered backboard, but it, it might have been like satins or something. It was something particular to that of like the art community. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I totally forgot. I've been to Miami and they have a really large like art fashion district where it's like, you know, large murals, like city blocks of, of murals and paintings and graffiti. And it's like one of those places where you can just... You just literally walk the streets. Like good food, walk the streets. They have like art, small art centers, etc. So I can understand like having an art Basel there and being focused around like the arts and and music or whatever. It almost seems like it's its own like complex con or yeah. some shit like that. But or then that, the energy. Then that kind of begs the questions like how does a brand, a streetwear brand, you know, sportswear brand like Nike, how do they insert themselves into an event? like art basel like what kind of like what kind of space can they inhabit in an event like this i think like they, what's the connection i think they inhabit it through cultural influencers yeah because everybody goes there because that's where everybody is like it's just like to do like tons of coke and like <laughs> i would assume so. it's miami right scarface is from there um but being that central location of just like what is cool, nobody wants to miss out. Nobody wants FOMO, right? Everybody's going to go to the area that that's popping. Obviously, it's going to be at Art Basel. So if you have all these famous people there, Nike just wants to be where they are. Yeah. So what else do they do there? Okay, let's throw a pop-up because we know all these famous people, all these influencing people are going to be there. So whether that means like let's do a little bit of cultural research of, okay, what shoes impacted you know miami or what were big releases back in the day that haven't been released in a while cool it seems like a very opportune moment to do that you know yeah and i think just circling back again to the conversation we just had about collaborations i think jordan brand is actually doing a collaboration with soulfly which is like a really big sneaker boot like sneaker destination oh, yeah. out in miami i'm guessing yeah. so i mean i guess for them of course like the holiday season like we talked about there's always like the strong push of wanting to sell more but i think also you know like we talked about in previous episode oh, fuck we okay let's not <laughs> talk about the past on. fuck i fucked it up oh. uh, but you know what i'm saying like having drops related to a specific like community event whether it's like an art basel or a complex con or things like that yeah. that's another that's a push but maybe you know a different sort not necessarily like for the holidays in general but just kind of catering towards it the people around in, it definitely plays into that and i think like it having the sentiment of it being like this is for the community of miami in the case of, of art basel but it's also in the interest of the brand as well yeah right? i mean you're almost commodifying an event that's meant 
I mean, I'm talking shit like I know what Art Basel is, but I mean, I'm assuming you go there to view art, yeah, to view <laughs> art and appreciate it. But you're you're like making it about a product, and I guess at the same time you're kind of putting people on to what Art Basel is because, you know, maybe five years ago I didn't know what the fuck Art Basel was. But that's was. like a that's a I still an, don't know what it is, but I still don't either. That's still an ongoing concept, though, right? You go to some sort of destination, right? You want something to remember that destination. You go to Disneyland, if you don't leave with Mickey ears, did you even go to Disneyland, you know? You want to bring something away from that to have an actual physical item to look at and remember that experience. I usually just tell them it's my birthday, so they give me the birthday pin. They do that for free? Yeah. Holy you just go up to like a cast member a good... and you tell them it's my birthday and like, oh, here you go. You don't and have to show write... proof? No, they'll just write your name on it and they'll Holy give you a shit, pin. that's really cool. Yeah, do yeah. it every year. There's this. Re- I have this really good story I'll tell you real quick. So every... I'm assuming everybody that's listened to this has graduated from high school at some point. So actually, I don't know. <laughs> but if you have, you may have had maybe like a like a senior class trip, right? Everybody has a senior class trip. They either go to like a, an amusement park. For the case of my senior class trip, we decided to go to um, Disneyland, right? And I did not know, and this is like a real thing, that if you steal from a store in Disneyland and you get caught, you get banned from Disneyland. I did not know that either. And so a good friend of mine, she thought it would be funny to steal a pin in a very joking joking manner, right? Yeah. She took the pin, walked out, just smooth, right? Walked out, maybe got, I don't know, like half a block away from the store within an instant. Just gets that little tap on the shoulder. Like, excuse me. Escorted right back to Goofy Jail. I don't know what that is, but I think that's a, a place where they take Shit. people. Banned. Is that where they're holding Takashi? In Goofy Jail. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, like, yeah, like people want to take away something, not illegally, but they want to take away something. I mean, legally or legally. Probably both. But they want to take something away from these experiences, from these events. So if I'm Nike, if I'm Adidas... Why not do that for this event in general? Like, if, if not them, then who? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to be doing that if it's not them? You're not going to buy a piece of expensive-ass artwork that probably costs, like, tens of thousands of dollars. You might as well buy that $200 pairs of shoes and yeah. say you were there. I mean, I get it. It's like just... Coachella wristbands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it, but it's like, you know, we talk about it all the time about you know, putting a price tag on the event, does it make it about, like, is it really about the event anymore or is it just about strictly the product that's releasing? No, that's you know true. That's true. And eventually these things that, like these events, right, they, they're they just like little, little fishes waiting in like a shark pool. Yeah. You know, like eventually the big fishes are going to swamp or like, are going to, are going to eat that shit up and be like, okay, now it's a, it's a it's a complex con. We're gonna sell everything here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. everything gets blown out of proportion. And and I think like organic things like that, an art basel, things where it's just designed around the appreciation of certain things. There's always a like a a piece that can be commodified in some way, shape, or form. You look at it as a as a as a come up. Everything goes come, <laughs> everything's a come up. <laughs> wow, you know Nike, what I mean? the ultimate ultimate finesse <laughs> exactly the, the biggest finesser so before we end this episode we gonna talk about one thing and every well i was gonna say every year but for the, <laughs> for the uh the holiday season last year we decided to do a thing where we covered 
or recap that of the year prior to. And also we talked about trends that were going to be taking place in the the year following. So in this year, considering it's going to be, what are the trends of 2019, right? And that episode is going to follow a little bit later as we get closer to, to New Year's. And the New Year's, the New Year's episode is always like pretty fucking interesting, even though we've only done one. But that was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. We actually recorded that in your in your house. Did we? Yeah, we recorded that in your house. I thought we recorded that at that random studio that we went to, like down over here in like the no, tall ass we apartment. I think we did it building. twice. I think the second time we recorded it in your kitchen, not your kitchen, but in on a in your dining table. Oh shit! Yeah, I kind I almost kind of remember every episode and everywhere we recorded it. Almost, very slightly, very slightly. We go through different phases of like where we work, but. A question to you before we end this episode and just to sort of get this sort of thinking in the future um, mindset is what is two things that you're super proud of within the past year and also what is one thing that you want to see this podcast turn into or you want to do with this podcast in the future within the year within the next year of 2019. Two things. Two things I'm, you're proud of, the things that you did. One thing that we plan on doing within the year, and uh, I don't mean 2018. Um, I think one of the things that I'm proud of, as far as like this podcast goes, and I mean not strictly limited to this podcast, whatever whatever we are now, is that uh, we were able to. You know, I was really pleasantly Yo, surprised that don't we forget were able to if you'd like to continue the conversation, content, I think that was be sure like to follow us at No Chance a big Podcast on all social platforms, and make sure Holy to use shit, the hashtag like, Hey No Chance so we can see your questions addressed on future episodes. Fuck we'll with catch us. you later. Peace. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, that's so surprising. I mean, you know, I had people talking to me and telling me like, Yeah, I met this random dude, and he said he's gonna show up to your event, and like, I don't know this person, you don't know this person. Like who, like, it, it's just crazy to like hear that there are random people out there listening to us, like gravitating towards what we're doing and like appreciate what we're doing and as even a podcast or whatever. Even if it's through a friend of yours or even if it's through a flyer that we made, if it's not directly from us telling them to come to the event, then it's almost like a, a little win. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. I think the second thing that I'm really proud of is just kind of the natural progression of the podcast. I mean, it, it's definitely gotten a lot better in the past year. I think it's exponentially gotten a lot better in the past year. I think it was a little, it was, I, mean, I mean, to be fair, like it, when you start out, it's always going to be a it's little bit rough. Shaky. Yeah, exactly. But I think to see just like the steady increase in what we've been doing, like our successes, like the number of people that were listening that we get like every week, every month and that growing like, you know, steadily over time. I think that's something to be really proud of. And then just, I don't know, it, it's just kind of like a pat on the back. Like, okay, like we're doing something right. We're taking a step oh, in the right definitely. direction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's the thing for the future? What What is it that you want to do? What is it that we, we should do? in next year i almost don't want to share this because like i don't want someone to steal this idea but i mean i talked to you about this give a snippet give a snippet i I mean i'll throw it out there because nobody can execute it like us anyway yeah sure um i mean we talked about it this past weekend but i you know i've had a lot of free time on my hands recently (laughs) 
you know he didn't drop out of school again. Drop out don't of school worry, yet. Guys, don't worry um we're not in that place of our lives anymore but uh i've just been watching like a lot of tv and like a lot of just documentary documentary series and it just makes me really want to kind of move into that sort of space and not move away from the podcast but just have sort of another platform to share like what streetwear is and kind of like the things that we talk about but you know more so in like a i would guess like a tv format no like, that's that is super important like i know you're a big fan of like anthony bourdain yeah and like his sort of traveling around the world like trying different culinary activities etc and th- and i love interviews like i yeah. love watching interviews i love watching day in the life like those are the most interesting things to me because it brings people into like the world of of whatever person you're following. It's yeah. like super interesting. You don't get to hear that type of stuff if you see them on the big screen or you, you listen to their music. You don't get to listen to that shit. Yeah. So imagine like being able to do that and visit some of our favorite stores and shit, even going to the back room, the stock room of these yeah. of our favorite sh- uh, stores and seeing that is interesting. And I think there aren't a lot of platforms out there that really take the time to go in depth with like, as far as like a TV show or something like it that, take the time to kind of go in depth and really explore like streetwear culture in different areas or even you know like in your own backyard and I think just like like you use the example of like Anthony Bourdain like he tells really important stories really important narratives about different cultures across the world you know even here in the U.S. that people may not have known about and I think like going forward that's something I want to do because there are so many Streetwear is still such like an it's huge, but it's still such like an untapped like area as far as being covered on TV or no, that's very true. You know what I'm saying? And I think there are a lot of important stories out there that need to be told, like about like your local skate shop becoming like coming from just like a like a mom and pop shop to becoming like one of the biggest like oh yeah distributors of X Y and Z. You know, just like stories like that. Skateboarding is covered in that way. Yeah, in like. And, it, and it, it doesn't make sense how how they like there's such an interest for for people that are like big skateboard aficionados to be like i want to be the anthony bourdain of the skateboarding industry and there's so many people that do that yeah. you know they interview skateboarders like that's how epically later to start it's like yeah. started it's that documentary cinematic looking into that world and i don't think there is that for, for streetwear yeah and i think a lot of it has to do with me wanting to learn more about you know things that i may have not known about previously and that's like yeah i attribute a lot of that to watching shows like like you're talking about like anthony bourdain what's that one show you mentioned uh ugly delicious with david chang on netflix that is it's a really good series like each episode kind of does a deep dive on a particular like style of food like for instance they had one about fried chicken and just like you think it's so simple like oh fried chicken's from the south but it actually goes a lot deeper than that you know what i'm saying yeah. and i just want to do something like that with streetwear like that'd be cool there's a lot of surface level information out there but i really want to like dive deep and figure out yeah. you know you know i want to show the complexities of what streetwear is that's exciting. So, hey, we might have to delete that section out of yeah. the episode of the podcast because <laughs> that's a good one all right let, let me see let me see let me yeah, think what about, about you this. let me think about this top okay so top two favorite things obviously i would have to say I'm 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 gonna turn it up to three. I'm gonna turn it up to three. All right. I'm gonna say the first one has to be the event, man. Yeah. The event was something that I feel like, like us going out for the past couple years and like 
going to these events and like having fun and being like, yo, we could throw better shit than this or if not on par with what people are doing and not having any connection to like the cool crowd and in the city that we we live in is a huge it's very impressive to not have to like you know mold ourselves into something that we're not just to throw an event so i'm highly impressed with that one for sure and it was a lot of hard work in in planning that and like setting that up so knowing that we can throw a party now is like it's piece of cake so i'm super proud of us for that one the second one is getting featured in an actual magazine dude i totally forgot about that is one of the one of the coolest things i feel like has happened to us this year not only because i mean i could give a shit if it was up rocks to be honest but the fact that there's somebody out there bigger than ourselves bigger than podcasting just a group like People who know what the fuck is going on in in this in this in the in the smallest sense of what that means of like having an ear to the streets is in knowing that hey whatever these kids are doing they're on par with that of high snobiety and hype beast and to know that we're on that right track not that we want to compare ourselves to that but we all want to be like our idols in a sense and if, if as a as a I want to say call ourselves um a media group. I don't know what the fuck we are as we discussed earlier, but for whatever we are to be, to be in the same realm as high snobody and hypebees, it's fucking tight. Yes. And that can, that will not be, I, I gotta get that framed actually. Yeah. I gotta put that in frame. We gotta got, like quote that and make it into like a really nice poster. Yeah. yeah. I, gotta, I gotta, oh, we should make a shirt out of that. Ooh, That'd be kind of yeah. sick too. Um, and the third thing I think has to do with like resiliency for sure. Like this is not easy. Like every week, sometimes the same day of the week and like having things to talk about in a way that is interesting and easy to understand is not easy. And I applaud that of teachers. <laughs> I applaud that of people who write movies and like our radio producers, like figuring out a way to make information easily digestible for people to listen to, whether they're at work, whether they're driving in a car is it actually takes a lot of effort. Yeah. And it takes a lot of patience too, you know, like, Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, for the most part, we don't have to spend so much time like setting up and shit like that. Like the logistical, like the logistic side of it is all figured out. But I mean, just, I applaud us for remaining committed over the past year and some change and oh yeah, being consistent and keeping, keeping at it, you know, because like we always mentioned, we're not getting paid to do any of this. Like not this isn't, all. yeah. Like we're, we're not we're just now seeing a little bit yeah. of money and that's not even from the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Really. And, you know, to continue to do something and, you know, not really know whether or not it's going to pay off in the future. And I mean, like, of course, like we're confident in that it will, but you know, there's always that question in your mind of, should I keep doing this? That's a good point. You know, it, nothing has happened in the past year, but I applaud us for remaining consistent and keeping at it. And that's why I use the term resiliencies because nowadays, whether it's our own friends or family, and we see the creative endeavors or or ideas that sort of fuel what they do, to see them not pan out or to see them give up or to see them, you know, maintain an idea as just an idea is what really gets us going. You know what I mean? It really is what pushes me because it almost is like a responsibility to consistently prove other people wrong or to at least 
influence other people to do something. Yeah. Which is like one of the reasons why we decided to do this really. Yeah. And I think, again, there's another responsibility to those people who actually, I wouldn't want to say look up because that makes us look up to us, but that makes it seem, cause that makes it seem like we're, it's, I mean, this, but it, it's a, it's a viable thing to say because yeah. there are a lot of kids and I'm going to say kids, I don't know how old you guys are personally, but there's a lot of people that reach out to us on a weekly basis that, you know, love the things that we do and actually look up to what it is that we're doing. Yeah. At first, in the, in the first couple episodes, we would say like our fans and we would always speak about that one yeah. person <laughs> or two people. Like, obviously that was like far fetched, but now it's an actual legitimate thing to say like, yeah, people look up to us. And I think we have a responsibility to, I don't know, it feels like I don't want to let those people who appreciate what we're doing. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't want to let them down because, you know, it's like. I don't. I don't want to compare it to like your favorite Netflix show, but like you're kind of sad when the season ends. You exactly. Know? And it's like, exactly. I don't know. It's and I think going back to what I was talking about earlier with spreading that knowledge of what streetwear is. I think like we talked about as like the arbiters of what streetwear is as a culture and being involved in it. I think we have a responsibility to share that with other people because we love it so much. You know, it's almost our responsibility to put these other people on and kind of share that that's you a know. fact that's yeah. a fact and and just to cap off that one man if you guys can do it too <laughs> yeah you can do it too um so the third or not that was the third one but i think where i want to see us go in the future and sort of building off of what you said is definitely definitely providing a visual perspective of who we are Obviously, you guys can hear us, and I mentioned that before. If you're an Audible listener, you guys are benefiting off of the podcast 100%. But there's so much that we have like in our heads and like written down in like notebooks of like what it is that we want to put on your little, I don't know how big iPhone screens are, but whatever that dimension is for you guys to watch. And in the way that we're going to do it is going to be fucking amazing. And that is what's to come within the next four four. 2019 alongside a potential what could be like a would you call it like mockumentary style streetwear series is that what that's called like yeah sure yeah yeah like those are the types of things that we want to do we want to be more in your face it's not in that sense but like be in your face of like this is who we are this is no chance you guys hear us but you can't see us and that's what we want to change for 2019 and on that I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah, I think that was a good I think that's one me. of the most inspirational, or at least I felt inspired by my own words, <laughs> podcasts <laughs> possible. We talk about like how to start brands and like how to have like a, you know, that mentality that gets you somewhere. But for this one, I think it was just us talking to ourselves. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, if you guys benefited off of the listening of a sort of, sort of rub our egos <laughs> and uh, sort of, uh, talk about our reflections of the past year, then we appreciate you guys. And on that note, we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.